Congratulations, you're listening to Podcast Rebellion. Welcome everyone to Podcast Rebellion. This is Juco All-American, joined as always by Whiskey Wednesday. We always start off with uh, saying what we're drinking, and I... Uh, this is a, a new a new venture for me, but I'm actually drinking rum and root beer, uh, mostly because I had root beer in the fridge and Googled what I should mix with it, and apparently rum is one of those things. So yeah, I'm not especially proud of it, but it'll it'll get you drunk, I guess. <laughs> uh, and I'm having plantation rum, so we didn't mean to be on theme. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by the National Rum Council. Uh, here I, I almost always go bourbon, but, uh, yeah, bourbon and root beer just didn't seem like it was going to work out. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we have uh, a good bit to talk about with an actual game. We actually got to see Ole Miss play a meaningful football game and no longer have to do as much like, well, I'm hearing, or I sort of think that this might like, we know we watched it. And yeah. uh, have things to talk about. Pretty cool. Pretty exciting. Uh, yeah. So, look, o- Ole Miss overall, uh, you know, won uh, 28 to 10 and didn't look great offensively doing it, but also looked fine in many ways. Um, we're going to sort of talk about, do a player eval in just a second, but I just think overall, like, I've seen a few people that have, you know, made sweeping statements about Jackson Dart or, you know, oh, well, this looks more like a six and six team or seven and five team or whatever. I just think that it's a game. It's one game. Uh, Ole Miss won it. And, you know, it wasn't ever really actually close. Uh, and one thing to keep in mind is that Troy rushed for 1.8 yards per carry. I mean, the. The line of scrimmage was dominated by Ole Miss and, oh, excuse me, on defense, Ole Miss dominated the line of scrimmage. And, uh, you know, when that's the case, you're going to win. And, uh, you know, even though we all have this history of like, you never know, it's it's way too early to say that Ole Miss won. Like, I, I never, ever once at all felt like Troy was going to win the game. Did, did you ever, were, were you ever afraid when they started to mount a comeback or anything? No. And the second half was really frustrating in a lot of ways, but the entire time it seemed like it was an issue of focus and not an issue of talent. Yeah. Yeah. And just also like kind of fluky turnover. I mean, obviously the, the, the bumble, the boot, the butt fumble uh, was, you know, a, a, a fluky thing that, you know, is not really on anyone, I guess. Like, Caleb Warren, obviously, like, he's the one who snapped it. But, like, whatever. You know, that's just sort of a weird occurrence. Yeah. And also, Zach Evans isn't going to fumble once a game. Right. We hope not. We sure hope not. Yeah. Okay. Um, So, let's actually talk about... Let's move off of the, like, overall thing uh, and talk about sort of position breakdowns. Obviously, Jackson Start... Jackson Start. Jackson Dart got the start. Actually, we should have known all along because his last name rhymes with Start. Uh, that he was uh, going to be the starter. Um, right on. Yeah, it's like Neo in in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his his name is actually one. If you think about it, like just move the O to the beginning. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, anyway, so yeah, Jackson Dart. Uh, you know, 
was bad. I mean, uh, it wasn't like horrific or anything like that in a, you know, potential to lose the game kind of way, but missed a lot of deep balls. Um, and so he was overall, he was 18 for 27 for 154 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, and I don't know. I, I just think that he left a lot on the table and his one pick was just like horrid, but very bad. But there were also times that he looked fine. You know, I mean, his run obviously was good. And uh, I think his touchdown pass to Malik Heath was was a solid pass. Uh, Yeah, I think that he's not going to immediately be great, obviously. Um, And Kiffin said that we'll see Altmaier start Central Arkansas game. So he'll be able to sort of compare those things. Um, But... You know, he didn't look like he was just awful to me or anything like that. No, I agree. Um, I think... Yeah, I mean, I I think it it was obvious at times that his talent level is there. And it's his first start in a new team. Um, I, I think there's a lot of room to improve this season. Um, and probably even more season over season, um, yeah. hoping that he stays and sticks it out and has the kind of career path of, you know, a Matt Corral or, or similar. Um, yeah, the talent's there, man. Uh, he made a great throw uh, with pressure in his face, like didn't set his feet and threw kind of a, you know, a fade to the sideline to Michael Trigg, who made a really nice catch too. But like being able to throw that throw without being able to really you know, put his lower body into it at all uh, was good. And it, it was a relatively safe play too, uh, because it was kind of to the sidelines high in the air to his, you know, biggest receiver um, yeah. in, in Trig. So, you know, and he, he had a really great drive, the first drive of the third quarter. Um, I think most of his other drives looked kind of, you know, stymied. So I don't know if maybe Kiffin scripted that drive to be a little more friendly to him or if that was, you know, just his, his best drive of the game. Um, but that kind of quarterback we could work with, we could do a lot with, um, that was where he had the, the pass to trig on that drive. I'm pretty sure he had the touchdown pass to Heath on that drive, had a couple other ones, um, and yeah, there's a lot of like a lot to like there. Um, so since we're on the the topic of quarterbacks, um, Altmaier really got boned uh, in this game. Yeah. I think he. I don't really know what happened with the fumble. Um, if you weren't able to watch the game, uh, the the first snap Altmaier brought out there, he was in the shotgun, obviously. Uh, and Caleb Warren snapped it just like kind of right behind his butt as if a quarterback was under center. Um, and it was a, a fumble. Altmeyer reacted as if it were a false start for a second. And that kind of split second allowed Troy to, to dive on it. And so that, that was his entire first drive. And then when he got back at the game, uh, Troy had just like milked the clock quite a lot. Um, and he didn't really get to do anything. He threw two passes and completed one of them, which was fine. Um, yeah. So I think that the most difficult thing for me about Dart uh, was he, and I guess we, we knew this coming out of practices and uh, that sort of thing, but 
it did seem like he still falls into the trap of just like looking deep all the time and showing an unwillingness to kind of like take what's there. Um, And, you know, that'll produce some big plays, but I think that what we saw last year in Matt Corral's maturation was this um, willingness to kind of methodically work down the field instead of trying to make like huge plays in order to, to score. Absolutely. And he did have his best production taking what was in front of him. Uh, and you got to hope that that'll click sooner than later, that when the games are live, you have the most success doing that, especially with our running back crew, which I guess we can maybe transition to. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that, because uh, I think the running backs were were really good. Uh, that's, that's an understatement. But uh, Zach Evans had 20 carries for 130 yards and a fumble. And Quinshawn Judkins had 14 for 87 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, I think that one of the things that was interesting to me, and I, certainly we should talk about Evans and Judkins, but Ulysses Bentley only had two carries uh, for five yards and a touchdown. And his touchdown was wonderful. That was um, when he, it, it appeared as if he was tackled, but he had the wherewithal to realize he had not, in fact, touched the ground and uh, ran it in. Uh, so, you know, that was cool. But I was I was pretty surprised that he didn't get a f- at least a few more carries. Yeah, I was too. Um, and actually, we pulled their snap counts. Let me see. He, okay. It looks like he was only in for 14 snaps in the game compared to, well, 22 for Judkins, which isn't a ton more, but he was used heavily and then 36 for Evans. Um, but yeah, Bentley surprising to see him only get two carries and also kind of surprising to see Kentrell Bullock not enter the game. Um, you got to kind of be frustrated for him. Um, I, I suspected that it would end up being a three man rotation when it really mattered. Um, and it seems like that might be the case. And it, it's just it so really, hard to get four people the football. Yeah, it really is. And especially two of them were incredible. Um, Zach Evans was a good bit faster than I anticipated. Um, I, I guess we had heard that he had some ability between the tackles and then some outside speed as well. But I, I think I kind of... Uh, shoehorned him in my mind as a little bit more of a between the tackles guy, but he really has some speed to get to the outside. Um, Really showed that even though honestly, despite his big numbers, I don't think this was a good game for him. I think like looking at his raw talent that he showed, it was surprising that he didn't break another one or two. Um, And then Judkins as well absolute bruiser just like yeah angry terrifying running back to line up against like in in the coolest way um yeah i mean i think at the very least like he looks like snoop connor and he's a true freshman yeah yeah it like looked like guys were terrified to tackle him really um and i i think they're gonna be 
both guys that you could say this is a top five SEC running back or something at the end of the season. They both look insanely good. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. You know, it was Troy, so we'll see. But, uh, but yeah, they they both look really good. Um, Pro Football Focus actually didn't grade Zach Evans well, um, which maybe gets to your point. I think that there were. I was expect you know he had the one really long run that he stepped out like very early on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I wonder like if suddenly Pro Football Focus grades him well if he has that sixty yard run instead of it being I think like a sixteen yard run or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Pro Football Focus like, do they really look? Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. You know, it's. Yeah. It's a weird, weird metric. I've I've always looked at when they have grades for Ole Miss players during a given game and thought like, what? <laughs> uh, so you know, it's better than than nothing, but I, I think it's often wrong. Uh, but if they're judging it by ability to maximize each carry, I don't think Evans did that. Um, yeah. And so I don't know if vision will be an issue for him, but just sheer ability and athleticism will not be. He looks really great in that regard. And I think he'll have a lot of games that were every bit as good as this Troy game against better competition. Right. I, I can, yeah, I can see him running for over a hundred against anybody we play if he has yeah. a good game. Yeah, I mean, and he's shifty, and, you know, I think that he, he shows a, a good blend of, like, bouncing it outside, but also kind of being willing to and able to kind of, like, make things happen in, you know, hard physical contact. Yeah. So, yeah, um, running back, pretty pretty good situation. Uh, would, would have loved to see more of the other two guys, but, yeah, I mean, just the sloppiness in the third quarter and fourth really tightened up the rotation a little bit and you know we we missed out on seeing a lot of other guys yeah all right so we technically have to talk about wide receivers and tight ends um even though no one topped the 33 yard receiving mark uh in the game i mean i just don't know what to say like it seemed like there was you know some separation not amazing separation against troy like I don't know. I think it, it's really difficult to evaluate the wide receivers from the game. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, just watching on ESPN with the standard right down the sideline angle, it's really hard to judge the wide receiver performance as a whole. Um, what we can say, there were probably five or four or five true deep shots um, in this game. And Dart didn't hit any of them, but one of them was to J.J. Henry, who's probably our smallest receiver who gets in the, the game ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Troy defensive back made a good play on it, but the pass was good. Uh, and Henry just wasn't able to make the play. There's one to Jordan Watkins that I thought the pass was fine, and he maybe just got caught looking over the wrong shoulder or something. Um, there is another where... John Mingo either got tripped up or held. Uh, it was the first, I think his his first pass of the game, Dart's first pass of the game. Um, that was cut, also pretty accurate from what I remember. 
Yeah, it, it was, was not pass. a bad pass. It was yeah. not a bad pass. And I think Mingo either got held or just kind of tripped on his foot coming out of the break into the post or whatever. Um, so I don't think most games Jackson Dart is going to be 0 for 5 on deep balls. Right, right. Uh, I think it was just kind of a really unfortunate thing for him. Um, but I, yeah, have, I have one thing. Uh, so Dayton Wade. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. So like uh, if any of you haven't seen his press conference from a few weeks ago, go on YouTube, find the Ole Miss athletics official account and kind of scroll through. Uh, Cause his, his press conference was interesting. He's, he's a Western Kentucky transfer. He's a walk on. Uh, and he actually sort of followed the advice of Jacor Pearson from last year to, to come to Ole Miss and walk on despite having a few uh, scholarship offers. And when I, when I heard that he was, you know, playing some in camp and everything, I was like, okay, you know, whatever, that's fine. Uh, and he, then he had the press conference and, you know, they only choose like two or three players each day to do. And I was like, well, that's weird. Like this, this walk on and he didn't tear it up. As I said, like no one broke 33 yards. Uh, so he definitely didn't like dominate or anything like that, but he caught three balls uh, only for 14 yards. They used him in sort of like red zone ish types of situations and that sort of thing. Um, but I, I guess I'm, I was surprised to even see one catch uh, for him. Yeah. And I want to say the first catch he had was on, like a third down situation or something like that. Yeah, I think so. it, was yeah. like, it was like a hook. And, and one of those where you're encouraged to see the receiver make the play because like the defensive back reads it and like knows what's coming. It was just like a hit, you know, like a, a hitch or a hook or whatever to the first down marker. And the defensive back saw it and like hit him and like, you know, got his hand in there to try to strip the ball and Wade caught it for the first down anyway. Um, and yeah, he, he showed some signs of like a, a solid possession receiver, which, you know, maybe we could use because we have Mingo and Heath who are both kind of like bigger rangy guys. And then Jalen Robinson, who's kind of the shifty slot guy, but you need some like dependable possession kind of receivers too. Uh, yeah. maybe, maybe that's his role. Yeah. And maybe like, I don't know, the concept of a short yardage receiver is interesting, but I guess maybe he's that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you know, okay. they talked about Rafe Vinson doing that same thing for a while, too. And then maybe Wade just kind of surpassed him in that role. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's, it yeah. seems to be something that Kiffin values. So, Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Jalen Robinson only had one catch and one run. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I just think that it was kind of a weird game. And I, I'm not going to pay much attention to it. Uh, with regard to wide receivers. Yeah. And Robinson was the last addition to, to the uh-huh. receiving core and has also been slightly banged up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll see more of him. I still am, am not having huge, huge expectations for his season, just statistics wise. But I mean, I think he'll play better down the stretch than he did today or yesterday. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about the offensive line. Um I'd say overall, not especially good. Yeah, um, I think they struggled to create really big holes for the running backs early. Obviously, there were a lot of big carries, but I think some of those were good individual efforts. 
And it wasn't just like the, the line, you know, paving huge holes for them. And then they also didn't do a great job uh, protecting Jackson Dart. And again, watching from the standard cable TV sideline angle, it's really hard to see. Like there's one drive or two where um, Jaden Williams, the starting left tackle, I got his name right, didn't I? Yeah, you Uh, did. (laughs) um, Sorry, there's a lot of names floating around in my head. Uh, He was out and it wasn't because of injury and the announcer said like, Oh, Jalen Williams is on the sideline doing this, but I couldn't hear what they said anyway. So they shifted James over to left tackle. And then I think Michael Pettis at right tackle. And it was just like Micah. Yeah. Micah Pettis. Yeah. Yeah. Michael, Micah Pettis. Sorry. Um, and I was trying so hard to just see who they had in the game, you know, on the offensive line. So if it's that hard to see like who's in the game, then it's, it's very hard to judge their individual performances, but on the whole, more pressure than you want on the quarterback for sure. Um, I don't yeah. think it was like individual guys just getting destroyed every time, but it wasn't like a cohesive effort. No. Well, also Mason Brooks played six snaps. Uh, like, do we, I haven't heard anything about an injury with him. Have you? No. Um, and it's hard to believe that, I don't know, his his move down the depth chart was that decisive, I guess. Right. He was brought in to be a starter. A starting uh, right tackle. Yeah. And then... He was pre- Phil Steele had him as a preseason fourth-team All-SEC player. Yeah. And they were, uh, I think it was David Johnson who was like, oh yeah, there are three guys on the offensive line who are going to get drafted this year, and Mason Brooks is one of them. Right. And now he's like sort of second, because I, I think Micah Pettis came right. in at second string right tackle on the the driver two where Jaden Williams was out, and they've shifted things around a little bit. So like, is he the second string right guard now? Like, <laughs> Right. I mean, I guess like I will say, you know, Kiffin doesn't talk about injuries. So, you know, maybe he was injured uh, at some point early in the game or something like that. Uh, yeah, and he did supposedly suffer a concussion in the scrimmage where Jaden Williams took over at left tackle and shifted James over to right. Um, or maybe he, maybe he suffered a concussion in a practice right before that scrimmage. I can't recall. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I think it was a scrimmage. But anyway, like a concussion is a tricky thing. So you never know if they're yeah. trying to like pace him a little bit. Yeah, maybe. But you'd think they would just not play him if he was still suffering uh, concussion yeah. symptoms, you know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I but yeah, it, it's it's very odd. And yeah, you, you think if we'd played LSU, Auburn, Arkansas, Mississippi State today or yesterday, the defensive line would have been living in the backfield. Uh, with right. that kind of effort, yeah, right, and you know that's that's the really concerning thing. Um, let's actually move on to something that's not concerning, which is the defensive line. Uh, they were in Troy's backfield nonstop, and just, uh, I mean, I, only two sacks on the day, but uh, that didn't tell the, the story. Yeah, no, 
no, it did not. Like Troy was just getting blitzed. I mean, not not blitzed. Sorry, uh, was getting you know very little pressure sent to them, and still like those three were just getting through. JJ Figgies was a wrecking crew. He only had one tackle, which was an awesome sack. But like over and over again, he was just like getting through or or you know pushing back the the double team that was that was on him and uh, making it really difficult for Troy's offense to work. Yeah, absolutely. I think when Troy had success running, it was sort of like between guard and tackle. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I think that that's sort of a, a weakness of our defensive formation. Um, yeah. Yeah. But passing situations, yeah. Like the middle was blown up, uh, which is it was mostly Pickies, but also Katie Hill played quite a lot as well. And I think he did well too. Um, and yeah, I think as a defensive end in, in our defense, it's hard to really stand out and, and perform great individually unless you're, you know, Sam Williams rushing the passer. Uh, I think it's hard to stand out as a run defending defensive end in our defense. And we, we kind of saw that a little bit, but like, it's a very good group. Um, and then late in the game, they kind of, so, so to preview a little bit, Kari Coleman um, played a ton at linebacker, but they put him in kind of, I can't remember if he was actually lined up at defensive end or if he kind of played uh, like a a shift, like linebacker lining up on the line of scrimmage kind of look. But regardless, he functioned as kind of the rush end for a lot of the second half and was dominant, like ridiculous. Um, yeah, I, I, I tried to pay as much attention to him as I possibly could, uh, because early on it was just like, oh, this guy is really killing Troy. Uh, and yeah, he was never like, if they had three down linemen, he was never one of them, but frequently it would be like the three down linemen. And then I guess he was technically a linebacker, but like moved way up to the line of scrimmage, you know, playing that linebacker position essentially as like a shifted four down lineman type of thing, which is what I was kind of hoping we might see with his background. Uh, yeah. That they would kind of like play him at the line some, uh, and that they did and it worked. Yeah. Uh, what do you have? Five tackles for loss or something? Five tackles for loss. Yeah. <laughs> which, uh, yeah, like, uh, that apparently I can't remember now I, I saw, I think Nick sus put on Twitter, uh, that it would have been either third or fourth on the team last year for the season. And it's one wow. game. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, so incredible game from him. Other linemen we noticed, uh, Cedric Johnson didn't have a big game, but you know he's gonna. Um, yeah. Let's see, Jared Ivey, I think, had a couple of plays late. I don't think he broke the lineup much early, which was kind of a surprise. Um, yeah, they were. They actually played fewer defensive linemen than I expected them to. Yeah, I don't think. Hold on, let's see um, if Taiwan Malone got in the game. I don't think he did. He did. He, did. he had a quarterback hurry uh, late in the game. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't think he's on the snap count chart. So you know, obviously those those may not be perfect. But yeah, I mean he's um, he, he's on the like official box score as a quarterback okay. hurry. But yeah, I don't think we saw much Jamon Gordon. Um, no, 
No. We saw relatively little Isaiah Eaton. Yeah, he played some. And then I don't think we saw any Xavier Harris, which may make sense because... Yeah, true freshman. Yeah, true freshman, you might want to redshirt him. Why, you know, you might actually get some utility out of him later. So why use him in this? You know, I, yeah, I can I think see that argument. Also, like, he plays tackle. And so Pegues and Hill are, like, so solidified at that position that... You know, getting him a few snaps every game for 12 games seems like a mismanagement of, you know, their roster. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I'm trying to think of any other guys that we didn't see. Um, Brandon Mack, um, a guy who's been injured but talked about in camps as as being really solid. I don't know that he really made it out there. I don't think he played. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. He's he's not showing up on the on the participation chart. Yeah. So Xavier Harris didn't get in. Brandon Mack didn't get in. Um. Damon Clowney. I don't think he was in. No. Uh. That's that. It was it. a it was a really tight rotation, which is interesting. I mean, like I recognize that it was only an eighteen point game. Uh. And you know you don't want to do dumb stuff and lose, but like. I don't know. I'm surprised there weren't a few, a few plays where they would kind of put in a guy like that and just kind of like, see if he could do something. Yeah. I mean, defensive line is a position group where rotating is a net benefit unless you have a huge drop off. Right. Um, So yeah, that's really interesting to see. So we didn't see much Jamon Gordon, Jamon Clowney, Brandon Mack. Um, Didn't see a ton of Taiwan Malone. Didn't see a ton of Jared Ivey. So, like, it was a pretty tight rotation. But, but Jared Ivey was protect, uh, productive when he was in. He had four tackles yes. and a sack. He was. You, you think that he probably earns a little bit more uh, yeah. in, in that game, if possible. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this like this talk of rotating 11 guys on the defensive line or something definitely didn't happen. No. No. But anyway. I, uh, I, wonder, I wonder if some of it is just, like, trying to kind of shore that position up. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that doesn't make any sense because you'd kind of want to like get some game film for a lot of players. But um, it's also weird because I feel so good about the starters, and you know, would love to be able to kind of see depth emerge a bit more there. Um, and yeah, you know, totally. didn't really see that opportunity. Yeah, uh, but actually, let's talk about the linebackers because we we've already talked about Kari Coleman, who uh, you know played linebacker. Um, and his five tackles for loss. Uh, let me actually just say, though, like, it was not some weird kind of like, oh, it happens to be like he was in the right place at the right time. Like, he looked good. He yes. shed a bunch of tackles. He got around people. He He's, like, more, much more agile than I expected him to be. And, uh, yeah, like, he was not some sort of, like, weird, like, oh, yeah, I guess technically, like, this is, you know, we're going to look back on this at the end of the year and, Kari Coleman's going to have seven tackles for loss, you know, or something like that. Like, I think that he, it's, it's one game. It's against Troy. I understand all those things. Uh, but I think that like, if there's some question about the linebacker position and that, that still should continue. But I think that like Kari Coleman has definitely shown, Hey, against central Arkansas, I need to be the starter, you know, and, and moving forward until like something crazy happens, I need to start. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the, the snap counts that we're looking at bear that out too. Um, Troy Brown led the snap counts by... He was all over the field. A good bit. Yeah, he also... Great game. We'll circle back to him. Uh, yeah. Carl Coleman had the second most snaps. And then... Um, hold up. Sorry. Austin Scroll. Keys. Austin Keys was right behind Carl Coleman. Austin Keys was, yeah, relatively close. Oh, yeah. They're 41 and 40, according to this chart. Um, but really, I mean... He's played fine when we noticed him. He made one really great goal line tackle uh, that could have been a touchdown. Um, other other than that, he didn't really pop. Uh, but we've seen some good things out of him in the past. Uh, so it's really encouraging that Coleman and Brown overshadowed him and Ashani Sistrunk like quite a bit. Uh, Sistrunk only had 16 snaps, according to the the chart that we're looking at. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's weird to yeah. me that there were basically three linebackers who played. I mean, Sistrunk played 16 snaps. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a very minor contribution in in a situation where four linebackers play, which is wait. always. Well, what, wait, what do you? Oh, wait. Like I there mean, are two there are two linebackers on the field at any given point. No, I'm saying four total linebackers really. Oh, actually. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, like, they took 65 snaps, 41 snaps, 40 snaps, and 16 snaps. Yeah. That's a really interesting spread to see, and it'll be interesting to see if that continues. Um, I think Sistrunk's a fine player, but, like, maybe maybe those other guys have really stood out more than we've been led to believe. Um, so, okay, so... To put a pin in Kari Coleman's game, I think he has a different skill set than like Mark Robinson or Chance Campbell, but I, I think he 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 may be at that level um, and maybe even better than Mark Robinson when all is said and done. I, I don't know. Are you talking uh, about Kari Coleman right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kari okay, Coleman. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think he had an exceptional game, and I think he really shows some versatility in being able to rush the passer, but also being able to, to get to the sidelines to get off blocks. Like he did that really well at times. Oh yeah. Um, I think it, I don't know. I, I think he will be a little bit of a hybrid rush end linebacker, maybe not quite as fast as you want, but I think his skill set overall is like really good uh, yeah. for this defense. Yeah, I, I, I guess we haven't really talked about Troy Brown. I mean, we mentioned him, but um, he's very much what you would expect. Uh, you know, considering that he had a gazillion tap tackles uh, at Central Michigan, and uh, you know was was incredibly successful there. Uh, he is slightly undersized for an SEC linebacker. Uh, he's very fast. And you know can can cover a lot of ground quickly. Seems to diagnose plays well, but um, you know he is a very different linebacker than Kari Coleman, and uh, I think they complement each other quite well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think he did a very good job of getting lateral when it was necessary, and I think he did a very good job of avoiding being blocked out of the play. Um, whether that was, you know, pushing through the block or just like shrugging it off and getting around it. Um, I think he did a good job. I saw 
it, it seemed like a few plays where maybe he wasn't credited with the solo tackle or even like whatever, but got off his block, bottled, you know, bottled in the runner a little bit and mm-hmm. assisted in just generally helping the rest of the defense get there, uh, you know, putting a, a hand on him, getting in the way. Um, but he still came away with 11 tackles too. Um, even some that he, he wasn't really credited with, but still affected, you know, ending the play. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think he got sideline to sideline really well. And I, I think they're going to be a, a really good one two at linebacker. Hard to say how they'll compare with, you know, Campbell and Robinson last year. It's too early. Yeah, to say. yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I feel a ton better about the linebacker position than I did going into the game. Oh yeah. I mean, Look, like Troy, like I said at the beginning of the of the podcast, Troy averaged one point eight yards per carry. Like, I mean, that's wonderful, even against Troy. Yeah, there have been plenty of Ole Miss teams, like probably last year's Ole Miss team, would uh, would not have been able to do that. Oh. Um, okay, uh, defensive back. So, I, 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 let me start off just by saying that, like, uh, in the second half. It was incredibly soft coverage intentionally in order to avoid the big play. Like Kiffin said it immediately after the game on the field when they came up to him. And then also in the press conference that, uh, you know, they were instructed like nothing matters other than, you know, we if they work it down the field, like let it take a long time. And that's what they did. And, uh, you know, so I think that it in real time while I was watching at first, I was like, oh, man, like we're just giving up all these short passes. Like they're going to dink and nug us to death. But then it was like, Oh, Oh, this is intentional. Like this is by design. Uh, and I think that that became clearer as the game went on, even before Kippen said something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we know that we have a lot of talent in the defensive back position, but there are also just six defensive back positions. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of talent is needed. Um, yeah. But still, we saw a lot of good things. Tysheem Johnson led the team in tackles. I think he had 12. He was um, so good. He was everywhere. Very good. But, like, not in a way that was super obvious from the live watch. Um, oh, you mean, like, he, he he didn't make any, like, boom, huge play kind of things or anything like that. But he was uh, he was just, like, always at the ball. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what I'm trying to say. Like, that's that's his game. He's going to be a sure tackler. He's going to, like, be in the right place. Um, and he did a great job of it. Otis Reese, uh, I think highest snap count, maybe of any player. Hold up. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. He had 81 snaps. Um, all the starting offensive linemen had 73. Uh, <laughs> the, the, for the first three starting linemen, uh-huh. other than the guys who got subbed. So Otis Reese, I think, led the team in snap count. Um, and I think he was also pretty pivotal. Um, yeah. AJ Finley, Tysheem Johnson. So, so yeah, if that tells you anything, the top three on defense and snap counts, o- Otis Reese, AJ Finley, Tysheem Johnson, Troy Brown, uh, tied with Johnson. Um, and then Cedric Johnson at 64. So like those are your guys, JJ Piggy is right there at 61. But after that, it falls off a pretty good bit. Um, so that tells you those three safeties, they really need to lean on, you know, as uh, Reese and Finley are both seniors, Tysheem Johnson just seems like 
a guy who's going to be super fundamentally sound and, and really be a, a glue guy for the defense. Yeah. Um, so those guys are super important. DeAndre Prince played a really good game. Um, Miles Battle had an incredible individual interception. I didn't really see his entire game. Um, he didn't start, been, right? Didn't didn't Igbenosen start over him? David Igbenosen made a very early play, which indicates to me that he either started or got in on the first drive. Which you know, um, yeah. Igbenosen played great and yeah. will be, it'll be hard to differentiate him from the other, you know, from the main starters at corner. I think, I think their, their snap counts are going to be pretty similar throughout the year. Yeah. I mean, I, Igbenosen, the times that he specifically made his presence felt with tackles were in the like, giving up a three yard pass and, you know, making a sure tackle, um, in space, which is like, that's what you a hundred percent want. Like that, that is a great play by a corner. Um, but you know, it, it'll be interesting to see if there are times that this year where he becomes sort of a blanket guy, uh, you know, in, in key situations, or is he in that, like, he's going to be really fundamentally sound and strong in the same way you were sort of talking about Taishim Johnson. Uh, and, you know, contribute to the team in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there are a lot of plays by the defensive backs in general where I think the Troy quarterback legitimately made a pretty good throw, and they yeah. were all over it for the immediate tackle. But, you know, the game favors the offense mm-hmm. right now. And so, you know, if a quarterback makes a good throw and the, the receiver makes a good cut, it's probably going to be a completion, even if the defensive back does his job. And I think we saw that several times. Troy came out, you know, Troy's a good team. Like, you know, we play in the SEC. We forget that, like, other teams can play ball too. And and I think these guys know how to play football. Um, I, I think they'll probably win a lot of Sunbelt games. Yeah. Um, yeah. But other guys we saw, um, let's see. Um, well, Darius Tennyson and Aishim Young basically split time at that position. Yeah. Um, they both made a, a few plays. Uh, yeah. Tennyson, Tennyson made let's see, he deflected a pass that he, he read from the get go, which was really cool in a goal line situation. I want to say he had like a near sack coming off the edge too, at one point. I think so. Yeah. And he, yeah, he popped off the page a couple times for me. Um, I seen, I think only the only thing I really noticed from him was recovering the fumble that was forced by DeAndre Prince, which was also he, he was credited with two fumble recoveries, uh, but I couldn't actually figure out what the second one was uh, in the in what? the game notes. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think we'll see a lot of him. He's he's going to be good. Um, oh yeah. One thing that frustrated me a lot with the defensive backs, it was really one play. It was the only touchdown that Troy scored. Oh. They came out with like a three wide receiver cluster on the, you know, the left side, the top side of your screen as, as you're watching. Um, and there's like our defensive backs didn't really know what to do with it. And, you know, and it's that that's why that formation exists to on like the seven yard line. Like, yeah, like uh, stay, stay in front of the goal. line. <laughs> yeah. And so like, <sighs> I think it was, I think it was probably Tennyson who made the mistake. 
or at least it appeared that he did. Maybe, maybe someone told him the or maybe he, I don't know who's to say anyway, the eyeball test was that like, he was the one who was left without a guy to cover. And there was a guy wide open in the end zone. Uh, I mean, what happened, what happened is Otis Reese came off the edge on a blitz and like almost got there uh, for, for the QB sack. And the quarterback just threw to the place where Otis Reese had vacated. And there was no one, there was no one there to like make it work, but it wasn't like, like that doesn't that doesn't refute what you said is what I'm saying. Like it wasn't like Otis Reese just decided he was going to come off the edge and like should have been there, you know, to cover it or something like that. Like it was very clear he was like up on the line of scrimmage. He was supposed to blitz. He blitzed, but no one like stepped in front of in, in front of a you know slant, which like on the goal line you're going to run a slant. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Actually, it was a little frustrating. It just occurred to me. I mean, I'm not a football schematic guy, but it just occurred to me that like, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, it seems like Tennyson bit on the screen. Like if they had planned to run Ah. a screen to the back receiver, it looked Mm -hmm. like he flashed in that passing lane, but then it ended up that he had no one to cover. And so like, who knows if that was the call or if that was his gut or if they like were trying to communicate and that just ended up, being what happens like we aren't privy to that kind of information so like who really right, knows? Right, right, right. uh but yeah overall defensive back good review i would say uh we have a yeah. lot of guys there um we saw a good bit of markevious brown towards the end of the game playing cornerback um trey washington also had 14 snaps um, mj daniels didn't play which i thought was interesting Oh yeah, that's very interesting, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, because you know he he hopped in the portal for a hot second. He and, did. He uh, did. I, I want to say that he was probably reassured of you know having being some involved. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk. Well, we had special teams here. I don't really want to talk about special teams. Like there were a couple of we can say uh, that. In- a couple seconds. of weird, a couple of weird return things that like hopefully they'll fix, but whatever. Like punter and kicker, they seemed fine. Nothing stuck out, which is good on special teams. Uh, yeah, I, I inserted this here. You didn't, you didn't see this, but who's your player of the game? Ooh, that's really tough. Um, I would probably say Kari Coleman. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean. Uh, I mean I think Quinchon Judkins can make a strong case, though, because man, he was he was tough in, in many many ways. Yeah, he he and Evans were probably my next two. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um. Okay, so let's move on and talk about coaching. And first, we have offensive play calling. Uh, Kiffin said on the field and in his press conference that like if they had, you know, had an established quarterback situation. They would have just run a ton and won by a lot more. Um, but they wanted to see kind of what they have in Dart. They wanted to give get him more actual game experience. And uh, so they kind of went for it in ways that you typically wouldn't when you were clearly overmatching the opponent. Um, but it didn't really work. <laughs> so, like, you know, yeah. I, I think that I think it's a little bit. 
surprising that there weren't more. I mean, well, not surprising because we were going to win, but um, that there weren't more like neat little gadgety kind of plays that Kiffin yeah. typically runs. Yeah, there were a couple. Like the, I think the first play from scrimmage was a sweep to Jalen Robinson, which worked really well. Um, the yep. touchdown pass to Malik Heath was a little bit uh, gadgety. Um, there was also there, like a neat, neat. Well, that's a stupid adjective to use. Uh, there was a an interesting or cool uh, play to Jalen Robinson late, where he like went in motion or no, was that trig? No, it was Jalen Robinson. Jalen Robinson went in motion and then like slipped, but then got back up and ran. And, uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember. I've, I've watched the game twice, uh, but it was like, it, I guess it technically would be, would have been credited as a run because it was a backwards lateral. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I, I just I didn't think there was a lot of things that seemed like, hey, we're scheming to get this guy open in space on like a short to intermediate route with anybody. That that I agree with. Yeah, I think only when it was like very situationally necessary on third and medium, fourth and short, whatever. I think that's when they saved their kind of cute plays. And I think the rest of the time we were trying to keep it pretty vanilla. Yeah. yeah. Um, so hopefully that's a good sign. I mean, cause you know, like relying on Kiffin's play calling is like, that, that's always going to be necessary. And, and yeah, I think he, he held a lot back. So hopefully that explains some of the inefficiency we saw in the passing game. Yeah. Uh, the defensively, I would say, you know, this team looked a good bit like a first half in terms of play calling, looked a good bit like a first half of last year defense by DJ DJ Durkin in that there was very little blitzing. Uh, there was a lot of keep it in front of you kind of approach, uh, which makes plenty of sense. But we definitely don't expect that as a comprehensive strategy of Chris Partridge. He is, you know, rumored or known to be a an aggressive play caller who's going to try to get after the quarterback and you know, for the defensive line to have been as successful as it was and for Kari Coleman to have been as successful as he was without that uh, aggressive approach, it's. I'm looking forward to seeing some times when, you know, we do send the house and what happens, what comes out of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think the defense held back probably more than the offense overall um, in terms of just aggressiveness, creativity, dipping into the playbook, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think they, they, they played a better, cleaner game than the offense, but still that that's going to look a lot different than when we're facing a really formidable offense. I think we're going to show a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to see that. Um, okay. So I think the last thing that we'll, we'll cover here is uh, central Arkansas. Uh, we were going to talk about some games of note this weekend, but I think that we're kind of running uh, pretty late. So uh, <laughs> Central Arkansas, obviously, like not going to spend a ton of time on them. I also won't ever spend a ton of time on them like throughout the year or throughout this, this week. Um, but I do think like, one thing I, I was looking at their 
lost to the Missouri State Bears in week one, uh, which was a 27 to 14 loss. Uh, so that should suggest that we probably won't lose to them. Um, but all of their offensive skill players are either sophomores or juniors. So I don't know. It's one of those teams where, you know, if you're one of their 12 fans that they have, um, you kind of are thinking like, well, like this year, maybe we can lay a foundation. Uh, actually, last season, so Darius Hale is their running back. He's probably the only player you have to really know and pay attention to on their team. Um, but last season, he had 199 carries for 1,015 yards, which is 5.1 yards per carry. Uh, and that was in his true freshman year. He's a sophomore, obviously, now. Um, but you know, if there's going to be a guy who, you know, you might hear his name and go like, Oh, this guy, this guy can really, you know, do something. He's probably it. I'm surprised he stayed at central Arkansas. Uh, I would think that a, a true freshman running back with 17 touchdowns and a 5.1 yard per carry average, like you got to get out of Dodge with the receiving portal, or the receiving portal, the transfer portal in existence now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you never know what guys' motivations are. Like, you don't sign with Central Arkansas thinking NFL. I don't know. Well, but when you have 17 touchdowns in your first year, maybe you're like, hey, you know, maybe I really can do this. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. But, you know, there's also always next year. Maybe he kills it for two years and then does it. But yeah, good point. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, will always be interesting to <laughs> see who decides to transfer and who doesn't. I mean, it's, it's a big move, you know, like, do you, do you really want to transfer schools? I never did. Like I wasn't right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, there are, you get attached to things and stuff. Uh, okay. Well, I think we'll actually wrap up here and uh, yeah, we'll be coming at you again next week to talk about, Probably not Central Arkansas, hopefully not, uh, but to talk about other things that we've sort of, you know, been paying attention to and whatever takeaways there are about the actual Central Arkansas game with regard to Ole Miss players, uh, but not really spend a ton of time on the way the actual game unfolded. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks, everybody, and we'll come at you again next week.